On this week's episode of The Spoke Break, we discuss emotional labor in reference to marginalized communities. We also discuss the obstacles of operating with authenticity. Episodes drop Mondays on Spotify and Wednesdays on YouTube at 6 p.m. And welcome to the Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. We are doing it, just the two of us today. Let's do it. All right. We're doing it. We're All right. What's the topic? Into it. What's the topic? What's the topic? Uh, we are talking about emotional labor today. <sighs> Ooh, I'm, I'm not, tired already. Yeah, it sounds like heavy lifting. Um, <laughs> a lot of heavy lifting. Good one, Zane. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> pew, pew. We're starting off hot. This is great. I've got a pun in the first 20 seconds. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so emotional labor. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a heavy one. No pun intended. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is, though. Um, what's, what's your experience with emotional labor? Um, and what places have you kind of seen it pop up? Oh, man, it's a big question. Well, my experience was emotional labor are i don't know well something that made me think of when you said that is like as a white person thinking about emotional labor around like how white people tend to not take responsibility for things and then other than people of color end up having to do emotional labor so i think that's one of the ways i've been thinking about it more lately yeah well emotional labor what would be your definition of that oh like just like i I don't know what the definition almost like doing the work for somebody else where it's just like you it's your job to understand but i now i'm helping you understand and it feels like more than helping yeah like say uh, that's a good way of thinking about like say somebody has like some growing they need to do because we all we all have growing we need to do and i think yeah and if you don't realize you have growing to need to do, then sometimes you're harder to get along with. And then the people who are doing that work are often doing more emotional labor than you because you're not as aware of how you yeah. affect other people. That's kind So of it's kind of like it. a job where if somebody's slacking, then somebody's doing all the work. Yeah, totally. The job still needs done. <laughs> well, and just like relationships take work, right? So I guess that kind of does fit into that because like when you're in relationship with someone, you mm-hmm. both are responsible for doing the job yeah doing the job doing the work doing the tending to the relationship so you brought up like in the black community that this kind of happens um with with white people i feel like being well-intentioned and trying to understand the problem they're like hey i realize that i may be racist i realize that i may have these ideas that you know don't align with the way that i really think um how can i be better and yeah the I guess the problem I have sometimes is when with emotional labor is that like it almost gets put off onto like it's it is partly the the responsibility of the people trying to understand to work to understand. But mm-hmm. it is partly it is helpful if the people who want to be understood help them understand. Yeah, I think there, I think it will like that's a good way of saying but like if you're in relationships so, with someone and you care about them and you do have a difference like that, like being uh, approaching it with the assumption that the person like would do better if they knew better kind of, you know, and then obviously depending on what's happening, like if you know someone's being harmful, yeah, definitely you should go with your gut, obviously. But yeah, ideally, if you're in a relationship with somebody like a friendship or whatever, that you have a dynamic where if something happens, you're able to like, yeah. So I guess I just think it's, it becomes like the job of both people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Actually, somebody in the chat said, um, or like if, you like to be nice to rude customers as a waitress or something that's also emotional labor. Um, oh, yeah, Cause you have to be nice and push down your feelings or at least that's what is expected. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think people that in the service industry and in any sort of like hospital, like whatever you want to call it, anything you, know, yeah. you work with people where you're doing like a service or whatever, like mm-hmm. hairdressers, anything like that. I think they do a lot of emotional labor that so much that they don't get trained for or paid for. And that's actually something yeah. I've talked with my friends who do those kind of jobs. So, yeah. Well, I think the, 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 
the most harmful part of it or the stressful part of it is just that like if one person's doing all of the the labor, mm-hmm. then the other person is just reaping the benefits of the labor being done. Yes, totally. Yeah. And especially if there's already a power dynamic in that relationship because of like, you know, power dynamics that exist in our culture. Yeah. yeah that are So like um, this, this pops up a little bit in the black community and uh, kind of minority groups, but it also I would say pops up in the between genders and things like that. Like, what would you say is your experience as a woman doing emotional labor? Yeah, totally. And that's like another example of like a power, like a relationship that has like existing power that we didn't necessarily decide to have in our relationships. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I would say that it's like, well, you know, there's like that toxic masculinity word is real like mm-hmm. hot yeah. Right now. yeah, everyone hates it, but everyone also knows what it means. Yeah. And I think it's a little like, I don't know, clickbaity or whatever those words are. But I think <laughs> or just like a word that everybody Please wants click to on use. our show. It everybody is. wants to use now. But I think I think that it is a real thing. And I think it's like we've talked about before, I think it's connected to like the patriarchy and like a big which is that part of that yeah, bigger, the bigger system, system that like positions men above women, you know. And yeah, so I think my experiences often are in relationships with men like Yeah. Well, I think one thing I've noticed is that when I was younger, I didn't have the knowledge that I have about it. Mm -hmm. And now that I have more knowledge, I notice myself often like being triggered by it and not realizing like, oh my gosh, this is something I like placated or put up with a lot when I was younger because I didn't understand that it wasn't fair. Like it didn't feel good, but I had a different way of managing it. And now like sometimes things will be, and I'm like, why does that make me so angry? And I'm like, oh, because that's not cool. Because it should have been making you angry the entire time. You just didn't realize it was happening. Yeah. Or maybe it made me angry, but instead of feeling angry, I felt shame, right? Like I internalized that. Well, what do you think? So I think we're, we're all trying to get to a place with emotional labor of like trying to, you're supposed to be asking questions. I just realized that I'm so sorry. (laughs) Please, please. Well, I was going to say, Zane, what about your experiences? Because we did talk about like race and that, I don't know. Yeah. So you've experienced. Sure. So yeah, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked about that. So I guess I would say with like race, the most difficult part is Wanting people to be educated, but also not wanting to be the one doing the educating. Um, I think there's a certain point where we're kind of just like, hey, is, uh, you know, you know that this is a problem. Can you do the work to find out what it is to fix it? But at the same time, it's almost like if somebody gives you a new subject and then says, uh, now go start somewhere and learn about it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like. If you give me the next step, then I can follow that. If you say, hey, so this thing that you're doing is is not effective. So can you seek out, you know, can you do this to fix it? Like if you give me what the problem is and give me a possible solution, then I have somewhere to work from and I can build from there. But if you just say, figure it out, then like I don't really, I feel like a lot of times people just get overwhelmed by like, all right, well, first off, you told me there was a problem and now like you have the answers, but you won't give them to me because- well, go where? Well, I had to go find them. It's yeah. like, yeah, and you know how hard that was. Yeah, totally. Well, how have, have you? How have you? Like, I guess it sounds like that's something that you think is like important. To, there's a balance, I guess. Is what it yeah, sounds like yeah. for you. And like, how has that worked for you? Like, how do you provide that starting place for people yeah. when you feel like they have work to do? Zane, like, that, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked that. Um, I would say that because I grew up as uh, a in both the black world and the white world that like I have a a understanding of why white people are like, why can't I say it? And black people are like, don't say it. And so like, I get it. I do get it. But you know, at the same time, I think it's, it's having that understanding and, and providing that space for people to maybe show up for lack of a better word and be allowed to be a little more, 
uh, I don't want to say ignorant because that's definitely not the word, but like, I guess less informed, like feel free and feel comfortable to be like, oh, I didn't know. Now I know. How can I do this better? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think for me, just providing a space where people are allowed to be uh, wrong, but find the right answer, I think is that's for me what's most effective. Yeah. I'm curious, like what, how that's worked, like. Do you have any examples of like friendships where you've had conversations like that? Or can you think of any? Like, yeah. I'm yeah. curious, like yeah, how def- you were able to meet them without feeling frustrated. Or- yeah. Um, I would definitely say so. Like when I was younger, uh, you know, my friends, I, I gave them the N word pass and I was like, it's cool. You know, we're all hanging out. And that was me not really knowing my place in mm-hmm. things and kind of just like wanting to fit in or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I kind of got older, like it was hard because I had to, you know, I did. Hey, can I have that card back? Like, Yeah, you're all just kidding. That <laughs> yeah, just cool. yeah, just kidding. Yeah, can I, ooh, my bad. Uh, but trying to work from a place of like, yes, I said that this was OK, but now I need you to know that I know different. So I need you to operate different um and so yeah i've definitely had situations where i've had to you know recorrect some of the things that even i caused so yeah yeah well that's an interesting perspective i hadn't thought about before like that yeah that you were like yeah on on both sides of it yeah on both sides of it well i mean i knew i knew that but i guess also thinking about like you grew up in near here right i grew up in southeastern oregon yeah um for like my formative years so so. i'm guessing it was yeah when i started to try to say the n-word and sound cool that was that was about the time i was in there but it was most you i'm guessing white school super white places places. so that dynamic i'm guessing plays into why you made that choice right like that's based on things outside of your power or things that were influencing you that you probably didn't even understand at the time like trying to get along with your white friends and not yeah. having other people to talk to about your experience. Yeah. So I just think that's part, like it, the context is re- very relevant too. No, very, very much so because I think that, you know, we, we often grow up, grow up in less than suitable environments, kind of toxic environments and not really knowing that things are problems. And then the thing is, is once you know it's a problem, you have to operate with that knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. like the thing I always like to say is like realizing you're on fire is not the last step. Yeah, it's not fire. that's the first step. Yeah. Now you need to put the fire out. So um, I think that, you know, the difficulty just comes with like obtaining the information, knowing where to look for it, knowing how to effectively look for it. Um, So like if I wanted to be more educated on how to interact in in women's issues and be an ally, like how would I politely slash, you know, properly ask to to try and be more educated on this or where what would be a resource? Everyone says, go get more informed. Is there a website? Yeah, I don't <laughs> you can know about send me too. Yeah, we'll put it in the description. I don't know about that, but I think I think listening is like a really big important one. I think is yeah. like just letting other people tell you about their experiences and like quiet trying to quiet yourself when you're in a space where you're trying to like understand someone else's experience that you don't understand and just trying to yeah I think li- like just really listening, listening yeah but not just like listening right like listening is a bigger yes like that yes whole multi-step and, multi-step yeah. process yeah. yeah just letting other people tell you about them and not coming with and, and trying to take away any assumptions or understand that you might have assumptions and that they're probably wrong yeah and that like you should be looking for what you know about people from them yeah. Not from what other people told you or No, I think that that's that's the listening part of that um as that I bring up as I cut you off at the end of your no, sentence. Okay. But the listening part is really is really yeah. important because we can ask those questions, hey, how can I be better? But if we're not listening to the answers, then we're just asking questions, yeah. making people do emotional labor and then not even like, you know, using that as an opportunity to have learned something. Totally. Well, and like even you and I were talking on the way here about this same thing, just kind of like trying to get the juices flowing. And I feel like we both were able to be like, I not only can I think of an example where I felt like I was on one side of it, but I also can see how like I've been on the other side of it or how 
something I did as a woman still was problematic, even though there yeah. was a power dynamic or whatever, or that two problematic things could be happening at once. Like yeah, that we definitely. both have some work to do, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I think that, you know, recognizing like our own toxicity, like that's, I was saying it on the right here, but that is the kind of the thing that I appreciate about both of us is that like, we realize that we are not perfect. So we're like, perfect. You guys. At all. Uh, and at <laughs> least, but we're perfect at not being perfect. And perfect. that's, that is, <laughs> that is where we shine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is being aware that like, there are these, you know, these dynamics and things that we've grown up with and understandings that we've come to have that like, once we know that that's not it, we need to make a step in the right direction. Yeah. And if somebody that you care about, or even just somebody that you have respect for that you should have respect for everybody initially, right? Like mm -hmm. tells you this is harmful, then you don't, if it's not something that is your experience, then like maybe just say, okay, yes. I don't understand why that was harmful. I'm going to listen and understand. Yeah, I'm going to work to understand yeah. why that was harmful. Instead of trying to defend why I wasn't trying to be harmful because I didn't know it was harmful because I think we often do that yeah, no. as a defense mechanism. Well, and that's something that has been brought up on here before is intent and impact, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you may not have intended to say something racist, but still said something racist. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if your intent was not to say something racist, if you still said something racist... Yeah. The damage is done, yeah. you know, so it's it's being able to acknowledge like our part in things, but like, you know, also not take on more than what, uh, you know, is it like you said, I think fair it's share. an even thing, a yeah. fair share. Yeah. Like what's your fair share of work that needs. And that's a interesting way to think about it. Right. Because there is like a dance between two people, like, say, for me and Especially you, for, for example, communication. Yeah. Like I'm a woman, you're a man, but you're you're a person of color and I'm not. So it's like. We have there's multiple things happening here and it doesn't it's not cut and dry. Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're navigating multiple systems of a, like oppression and power. And, and yeah. yeah, but I think being aware of like learning about those systems, I think that's the way that we can take responsibility, but also know that it's not our fault that we're not inherently bad people because exactly. we're misinformed. I think I think the thing that like almost puts most people off when they say that like, you know, like everybody's racist is like they think that this is a too specific to them racist mm -hmm. thing. And what we really mean is all the systems are racist. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but people and understand. And sexist and homophobic. Exactly. Yeah, it's like I think the, the word people are like, I'm not racist. It's like, no, but you, we all are, but we don't talk, we didn't explain that before we started telling everybody they're racist, I think. And yeah. Not yeah. that that's, that's part of the problem is that we misinform that white people yeah. misinformed but but well, it's why there's so much confusion i think yeah sorry yeah yeah no 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 the, the, not at all not at all like i said it's it is it's literally you know a dance it's about understanding that you don't understand and then working to gain more understanding so totally yeah awesome well cool we're gonna take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break we're here every sunday from 9 to 10 a.m on shady pines radio as well as pretty dope experience radio oh yeah ho 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 yeah Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. That's right. Smell this milk. And it's new Central Time. 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Smell this milk. Now on at 10 a.m. What are you doing? This Sunday at 10 a.m. <laughs> I'll tell you what you're doing. You're going to be listening to DJ Sack himself and the werewolf of Shady Pines here on Smell This Milk on Shady Pines Radio at 10 a.m. on Sunday. That's 10 a.m. Sunday. Smell This Milk. You're listening to Smell This Milk. Here on the Shady Pines Radio Network. 
the werewolf of Shady Pines, and DJ Sag himself. Smell this milk. Smell this milk now on at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings with DJ Sag and the werewolf. That's right. Shady Pines Radio now presents Smell This Milk at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Be there or be a stupid little shit. Smell This Milk is not responsible for the content of this message or anything that is said by this dumb jackass. Hey, wait, what? And that was nuts. <laughs> Welcome back to the Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, Gerald Pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hiya. All right. So we are going to talk about operating with authenticity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is a, this is a tough one because the more authentic and the more vulnerable you are, the more vulnerable you are, um, and, and that's feel. yeah, that's the that's the bummer part. Is like it's hard to 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 give more and ask to have more uh, in return mm-hmm. without making yourself open to being hurt. Totally, I think. Yeah, I think that's true, but it's yeah. not necessarily negative. I mean, it is negative. It's not. It's not. But yeah, it reminds me of a lot of things. Like when you open up to things, you're open to more. Like when you get more in touch with your feelings, you get mm-hmm. like a bit, there's more joy and there's more sadness. Like yeah. the range is bigger. So I kind of yeah. like that. Like when you're really authentic, it can you can have some weirdly intense interactions with people or vibe people out or get vibed out by other people. Yeah. But you can also have these really cool like interactions. authentic interactions. Yeah. yeah, it can go either way. But yeah. I think I don't know. Yeah. I like I like what you were saying about that is is that it it opens you up to more of a range. Like it mm-hmm. opens you up to being hurt more, but it also, you know, opens you up to being cared for more because the people who interact with you are going to be the people who interact with you because you are authentic. Yeah. Like there's nothing more I guess for me upsetting than making friends on the basis of me not being authentic, you know, because it's like, what, what is the point of this relationship? Cause the second you find out that everything that you think is the case, isn't the case, then we can't be friends anymore Yeah, or we can be friends, but there has to be a certain amount of like communication in order for that to happen. So what do you think is the importance of like starting from a place of authenticity? Well, I think because then like it's even in that sense where like you're both showing up in the same way. I think if one person shows up authentically and another person shows up like prepared and sort of like performative or like then it, that person hasn't like if, if you think about it, if you, I mean, I don't know why you think about it like a game. It's not. But like if you sure. thought about it like that, like there's one person strategizing and another person is freestyling. Yes. And like, yes. yeah, I mean, on one hand, like you said, the freestyle can be great, but there might be like some more muddy stuff anyway. So I think it's like there's a there'll be a yeah like a disconnect between two people if one person is being more in, like not that being intentional is bad but being like curating the way they come across yes can really yes clash but, with someone when you're not doing that yeah yeah well i mean i would say that like being like i like what you said about the freestyling thing because it's like i feel like when you're most authentic that is you freestyling totally you know it's like it's literally what's coming off the top of the head what's the Mm -hmm. what's the first thing that came to mind that's the thing that i said um but when you you can tell when somebody is like curating something where you're just like this is very robotic and this is how humans interact uh Mm -hmm. i get like that when i'm super stoned and i'm just like am i walking right like what do i do with my hands what do i yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly very much (laughs) on the podcast and when i'm high and when i'm high on the podcast (laughs) i don't even know what to do with my hands uh i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so so like authenticity what are some i guess like hurdles you've ran into in being authentic um well i think that yeah like you get hurt more uh sometimes you feel vulnerable and you feel like uh the friendship is uneven because when you realize you're being authentic and then the other person Mm. isn't it's almost like they have ammo on you yes even though ideally that's not how it should be but if you're not realizing that one person's thinking that way and you're not you could go be like oh man i yeah you could open up too much yeah so i think that's what it is it can feel 
it can be dangerous in the sense that like they can people can manipulate you. I think I think yeah. that's the big thing that I've experienced. Yeah, I think that that's the 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 most painful part is that like the most authentic people are the most uh, susceptible to manipulation mm-hmm. because they they have no problem being like, hey, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And a manipulative person says, oh, that makes you feel uncomfortable. It's like that's where the problem is. It's not in you being honest about being uncomfortable. It's that somebody saw that as an opportunity to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I think you're right. I think people sometimes p- people that have power like issues or whatever. Yeah they are ego issues or I don't know what, you know, somebody who feels like they have something to prove or that they want to have power over other people. They can really target people that are really authentic. And I think, yeah. And I think that's a common thing that happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think. So um, have you had any uh, interactions maybe recently or in the past where you were, where you were authentic with somebody and maybe it felt like they used it as ammo? Yeah, totally. I've had lots of situations like that where people. Will I'm not going to use it as ammo, just so you know. No, I've never, you know, had that, I've to... never had that happen to me, and I don't know what it feels like because <laughs> I'm way too tough. But you should tell me that way. Yeah. I'm the, yeah. the only person yeah. who knows. I'm using? No. Yeah, no, I definitely have, and I think, and I, and it's because, and because I am like, I always end up questioning myself a little bit initially, like maybe I was to this or whatever, and then I'm like, you know what? But that was because I was working really hard at overcoming something, and so maybe like some messy stuff came out on the other side. But yeah. like looking back, most of the times where I felt like that happened i was i realized later that it was because i was doing some big growth or something yeah yeah but yeah i don't know what about you zane though how do you feel like how do you feel like authenticity has either been positive in relationships or negative or anything like how do you think it works for you or you see yourself as an authentic person yeah i i try to be as authentic as possible um i would say when i was when i was younger i i found out that i i knew how to talk to people Mm -hmm. and uh like everybody who gets a new superpower they fucking use it incorrectly and so (laughs) I was I was manipulative and mm-hmm. that was something that I I didn't like about myself and once I I guess I found out that you can be authentically yourself you can be yourself and people still accept that that's when like I started making the change that's where I started making the switch mm-hmm. um I oftentimes will make like longer Facebook posts but I never used to do that I would say very short things and that's why a lot of my jokes are short is cuz I don't think people are listening you know mm-hmm. so like I used to condense everything into you know the shortest possible form so when I started saying longer form things, I noticed that people were interacting with it, that mm. people really appreciated it, that they wanted to hear more. And maybe it was just my own fear of feeling seen or having it used against me totally. that um, caused me to try to keep that in. So I would definitely say like realizing that people, you know, aren't listening as much as you think and are listening more than you think are two different things that like I think are really important to understand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When you said that, it made me think about like, how I don't know if you ever thought about this or maybe you relate to this, like people that are maybe like more introverted, like Mm -hmm. in public, but like actually have found social media and or like the internet to be a place Mm -hmm. where they can be authentic in ways that that doesn't feel safe, like in the real world or the physical world. And I think that just the way you said that kind of made me think about how like the, depending on where we are and like, like we, people might feel, feel comfortable being authentic in one forum versus another. And you might get to see a totally different side of somebody. Yeah. Which actually brings me to a question. Mm-hmm. How would you say that that uh, plays into your comedy? Uh, authenticity? Yeah. Oh, well, I would say like it, it, it. I think people that are authentic and like you you get like that's where a lot of the funny like quirky stuff comes from. It's because it's your brain's just like firing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also, you're freestyling. Yeah. It's, it, when it feels very like. Yeah. And also like writing from a place of pain or writing from a place of 
growth that you've done. Like I do that sometimes. Like yeah. I'll write about topics that like maybe if I wrote a joke about it or I did write a joke about it five years ago and like I'll listen and I'm like, ooh, that feels like I didn't get that issue all the way. And I was like pr- uh, promoting or proliferating something yeah. that I now know is actually really harmful. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think being authentic in is good but it like well like you can look back on your history and be like oh i was authentic about stuff that i don't feel anymore yes that's yes. very vulnerable so yes very much so yeah. my first year of comedy uh that's whether it was authentic or not i probably should i was probably too authentic and but now that i've grown like i'm coming from a different point of authenticity but i think like a lot of people will judge or excuse me justify shitty behavior as like oh that's just how i am you know it's it's this is just me being authentic oh well your authentic sucks is that why so many people say problematic things at open mics yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just being myself yeah. well yourself sucks yeah you're like no we want you to be yourself we just also want you to educate yourself so the stuff that comes genuinely from you isn't shitty yes. and makes other people feel harmed or uncomfortable look at that yeah. episode's done zoe said <laughs> everything that we've ever wanted to yeah. say it's okay i already forgot what i said <laughs> <laughs> you got that right yeah. um, it's on tape right <laughs> tape how old am I <laughs> so so with authenticity um, would you say that you usually feel more relieved or do you feel more stressed out after you've been authentic Ooh, you mean the vulnerability hangover have you ever had one of those a vulnerability <laughs> hangover oh yeah. my goodness I've, I've definitely had those yeah 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 sometimes this podcast makes me feel a little vulnerably hungover the next day i'm like oh god why did i, did say I all share that? too much yeah exactly or like you know i think sometimes like have you ever gone out and drank when you were emotional oh and then the next day you're all cool i probably didn't need to tell everybody that stuff yeah yeah okay cool i guess we're just <laughs> patching everything back yeah. up you're like texting uh, people like sorry they're like no it's cool you're like well i feel really uncomfortable that is my favorite thing about not drinking anymore <laughs> yeah. is that i don't have to wake up and be like sorry about last night because it was literally it would my favorite part about drinking was just being able to be vulnerable yeah like that was that was where i feel like that was why that had its place in my life is because like i didn't feel like i could mm. be vulnerable normally yeah but you know if i was a little tipsy then i was kind of like hey you know like blah, 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 blah. yeah totally and it's like i think the thing was is that like I wasn't less obnoxious because I was drunk. I was just more obnoxious and less aware. Yeah. Totally. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure nobody can. Um, <laughs> but that's, obnoxious. but that's like the problem is that like the, the thing that I should have done is just cared less what people thought. Mm-hmm. Drinking wasn't the thing I needed to do. It was just the thing that got me there sooner. Totally. I was actually thinking about that earlier, like just getting ready to do a show or thinking about comedy or whatever and just mm-hmm. feeling like, yeah, like how do I, I totally just forgot what you said, but <laughs> So did I. <laughs> I know. I was like, what face are you making? No, but it was something about authenticity and performing. I don't remember anyway. But authenticity and performing. Um, know, maybe it wasn't. It's fine. Anyway, it's fine. We're being authentic. We're going to get it. Yeah. Forgetful. Right yeah, now. exactly. And it happens sometimes. Um, shout out to uh, Logan. I hope you feel better, homie. Um, mm. Yeah, he was. <laughs> your authentic sucks. Oh, hi. Your authentic sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just say that like with authenticity, it's something that like, yes, it can make you feel vulnerable, but it can also make you feel heard. Um, yes. Yes. And that's for me, that's really the important part is I would say sometimes I like like you'd said about the the hangover or whatever. Oh, yeah. The where, vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. The vulnerability hangover is is when you when you open up and you're like, oh, my God, I think I said too much. Like, yes, there is a, a possibility that you did say too mm-hmm. much. But there's also a possibility that somebody has more context for you than they had before mm-hmm. and that you can really start building an authentic relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and. The hardest part about authenticity is that somebody has to do it first. Um, yeah, totally. And yeah. nobody wants to be the first person to be the most vulnerable person. Well, if you have ADHD like I do, you just accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, the way it presents for me is I just 
say everything out loud and then feel weird about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same (laughs) here. For me, self-awareness is just like a shame spiral. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, wish I wouldn't have said that. Wish I wouldn't have said that. Wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. You know, and you just (laughs) like, I'm very self-aware just on the back end, which is really painful. No, really. I was trying to think about like, that's what it's like. It's like, no, that's really, I'm I'm not laughing. No, no, I know. your pain. I'm sharing. No, I know. I feel like you could probably relate. Yeah. I think think when you're very vulnerable. Yeah. It's often like, Later, you're like, cool. So I'd probably not want to say that next time. Uh, yeah. But I didn't have the chance to think about that before I said it. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but that's like the the self-awareness of like, you know, I guess like projecting into the future and and reflecting on the past. Like they are really two different skills. Like I think that there are people who think so far into the future that they start getting anxiety about it. And it's people who reflect so much on the past, they start getting depressed about it. Yes. But I think that, you know, a certain amount of foresight and a certain amount of reflection is, is needed to, you know, make the most out of the present i agreed i think that's why it's so tricky to like navigate anxiety because you're like i know if i live in the past that's anxiety but i also want to make sure i don't make the same mistake again because i'll have really bad anxiety if i do that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's like you, there's a balance yeah like, like yeah trying to censor yourself for the sake of not having to feel bad about the interaction la- later later yeah. yeah or not just reliving an interaction that you had that you had poorly and just constantly living in that moment i was gonna say yeah some, and sometimes yeah sometimes living in the feelings can be a way of staying in them so yes that's another yeah, thing yeah. when you're an like authentic you person that. yeah but yeah sometimes you got to remind yourself so uh if we were we were to wrap it up and talk about and with our talk about authenticity what do you think is is our takeaway um uh, i think that don't it's, do it no i'm just kidding <laughs> i think that it's worth it but it's definitely more work and that you have to be more uh aware of other people and what they're putting into the relationships so mm. you don't end up feeling hurt yeah, because I think it's I think it's easy to feel taken advantage of, and it's easy to feel like a victim when you're authentic because you maybe we, maybe people, you gave everybody everything. Yeah, exactly. So boundaries are important, even when it's even even when you're an authentic person, even when you're trying to be authentic, it's always important to have ba- boundaries. So. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think those boundaries are the things that allow you to continue to be authentic and not feel like you're taken advantage of. Yes, and feel safe. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. All right, cool. We're gonna take a real quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here. Every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Hey, are you Prague Curious? Have you ever wondered what that would feel like? Just, you know, wanted to explore a little bit, you know? Um, Have you ever wanted to? hold on to that or you know be touched there and just kind of wonder I wonder if I would like that well you can tune in to the Prague Hour here on Shady Pines Radio on Tuesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. and um, you can explore your Prague curiosities in a safe and nurturing environment with your host, Reagan Lindy. Welcome back to the Smoke Break, and I am sorry that that is still a commercial. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the show's great. I'm your host, Joel Palzade, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. 
Hello. All right, we are going to draw a game from the le- game Let's Get Real, bro. Um, also, shout out to Ashanti. It's smart to set safe limits for yourself. I think that those are the most important ones. Even when we- you're being authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We already said that. I why I felt like I needed you- to repeat it. In case you guys forgot what we talked about in the last section. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. All right, so rank the five most. Nope. <laughs> Can't count that high. All Next right. question. It says, dig deeper, dude. Play this in response to someone's answer if they aren't quite getting to the juicy stuff. No, let's. We need a different one. <laughs> There's an. I love you, game. man. Okay. <laughs> we need a new deck. I feel you, bro. Okay, what? here we go. These are just all of the. There it is. Okay, cool. So, in an ideal world, what would the next year of your life look like? Fucking perfect. Oh, you have to go. First. All right. What's the next year look like? Okay, so medication. That's a big one. Let's just get that out of the way. Taking medication. I like um, how you just took that on right when I was like, you have to. He's like, I'm let's ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. No, no. It's, I got to be authentic just right off the top. So medication, I think, is going to be the thing that I want to start off with um, so I can appreciate everything, right? What's yeah. the point of having more stuff, doing more uh, if you don't enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, authenticity. I'm, mm-hmm. I've started off this year and I've... Um, reframed a lot of relationships with authenticity and that's something that like I've really appreciated and I want to continue going forward. Yeah. Um so I would say that that's that's the second thing and mm-hmm. then the third thing is uh, us being famous podcasters. Yes, we're going to be famous podcasters, <laughs> make a million dollars. Uh funniest yeah. mental health podcast in the Northwest. <laughs> Could be. I don't fucking know. Uh, you, you tell make, us yeah. in the comments. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and the smoke break, the smoke break, uh, we're, you know, we're just going to announce it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're having a smoke break live at the end of the month. Ooh. So, yep, smoke break live. Uh, we're going to find a venue. Let us know if you have a venue. If you're watching right now and you feel like you can help. Look at this authenticity happening right it. here. It's you, happening. I didn't you even just, know he was going to do that. Yeah, I didn't either. You know, sometimes you just got to live in the moment. He's wild. Wild. Look at this. All shoulders. <laughs> all shoulders. <laughs> what about you, Zoe? What would your next, what would this next year look like? Oh, it would just look like me being super cool and all like mysterious time. and like never telling anything that I don't want to say. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Continuing to be authentic. And having better boundaries yes. would be one for me yeah. because I think I do. I feel very proud of my authentic personality, but it's also gotten me in lots of trouble Yes, because I'm passionate and I, yeah. So yeah, I think having better yeah. boundaries. I think. I think boundaries is a really good one just because it allows for whatever you set up for next in your life to be there in the context of it being the most comfortable thing. Yeah, totally. And I think it gives you like, because I think something I've struggled with is like, like feeling bad about the way I am, like being such an authentic person. But then I think the way to manage it, like I said, so I think it's not about changing anything about myself. It's about learning how to like protect parts of myself and learning like about how to, yeah, just how to be more authentic, more selective about safety and authenticity in ways that. Well, and who you're sharing with, like that was something that, you know, like James Hartenfeld kind of brought up is just like, Hey, like, the problem isn't always what you're saying. It's who you're saying it to or who you're saying it with, you know, yeah. like it goes back to the, the problem isn't you being vulnerable. The problem is somebody taking advantage of that vulnerability. So yeah. I think being able to set healthier boundaries allows the people that we do have in our lives to continue to exist in a, in a healthy fashion. Yeah. Um, so what's one boundary you want to, you want to start off? Uh, if you were to, if you were to pick one, oh, I don't know if I can come up with one, but okay, two, three, four <laughs> is, is more helping. Well, I, I was thinking like, like a, like a place I want to have more boundaries but then I kind of forgot but I think I think I just want to be uh yeah just like more more uh more like balanced and more balanced. more okay. thoughtful so I think yeah so maybe even just like yeah having better boundaries but also being more thoughtful about like the ways that I choose to give energy away and like 
what, like catching myself when I get triggered. So I don't have to, that whole thing about like regretting yeah. looking back on the way you behaved and wishing you didn't. So I think, yeah, yeah, like, oh, and something I've been working on too is like meditating more because okay. I feel like meditating. meditating keeps you close. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Like keeps you closer to your center. And I think like my thing is like when something happens with someone else, I get swayed off my center Ooh, a lot. Okay, And so I think like, it's not about changing things. It's about changing internally so I can have a better balance in the world and feel, yeah. oh, and the, and also feeling like less of a victim too. Because I think when we don't set yes. boundaries, we can often feel like, oh, everybody's- Taking advantage yeah. of me not setting boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if, if you, and I've noticed like when I walk around starting to feel like that, I'm like, maybe I'm not setting boundaries. Or like when you have been yes. friends with people or in relationships with people who always act like everyone's out to get them, but then they never say what they need from people. And it's like, well, maybe- yeah. They're not. They're just doing what you didn't ask them not to do. Yeah, ex absolutely. No, I think that that's, that's really, I think that we get, or at least in my situation, I think that I get upset when a boundary is crossed, but I didn't address that like that was a boundary. If I don't yeah. say that this bothers me and you do something that bothers me, then you technically haven't disrespected me because you didn't know what I was bothered by was yeah. the thing that was bothering me. But once a boundary is set, it kind of goes back to that. Like now you have the information. Now you need to operate with the information. Right. Yeah. And then and then you decide like how many times you navigate it being broken before exactly. you set a bigger boundary. If yeah. You need to, right. Like absolutely. No, yeah. I, I think that, you know, you you can set initial boundaries, but like after a boundary keeps getting crossed, then you have to make a decision. Like, is this something that like I can continue to hold space for? Um, yeah. So with the in regards to this next year, what would uh, comedy look like for you? Yeah, I think more of the same thing, like like uh, being authentic and like not judging myself, because I think that's when I feel like the most conflicted about comedy is when I'm like in my head or thinking mm -hmm. like we talk about comparing yourself mm -hmm. to other people or things like that. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, leaning into the authenticity and, and knowing that that's where. OK, what's an authentic Zoe look like on stage? What's 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 you having the uh, most fun look like? I don't know. I just talking shit usually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I think one. Yeah, that's another thing. Like if you're not too tied to your jokes, you can kind of come up with an idea. And when you're being like riffing, can, mm. is definitely. An yeah, so it'd be more like skill. riffing. It'd be more like riffing, just feeling comfortable. Yeah, yeah, figuring out how to like recreate who I am when I'm just bullshitting with my friends, like on stage. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's been like the that's what's so weird about comedy. I feel like Zane, tell me if you feel this way. Okay, like, I'll try. It's like if you're a naturally funny person, people are like you should do comedy, and then you're like okay, and then you find out that like doing stand up comedy is actually like taking what's funny about you, finding out how to make it performative and like relatable and then performing funny version of you yes. and then being your, and then go back and put all the authenticity back into it. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's yeah. It's bleeding everything out of it. Then trying to put life back into it. It's hard. Yeah. At yeah. first I was like, this sucks. Why would anybody want to be on per or funny on purpose? It feels horrible. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a cool process, but it's weird. Yeah, no, well, I, I think that like just even like recognizing that like comedy is rewarding in that way, but it's also exhausting in that way mm -hmm. is that like, yes, you can um, take the really funny parts of yourself and be able to share them on stage. But it's also like taking the thing that you've been doing naturally and then trying to like make it a focused effort and almost, you know, kind of in, in a sense. I've learned how to make music. I've learned how to do comedy. And I've noticed that like with learning both of those that like you kind of have to to take the magic out of them. You know, you yeah, can't so do magic weird. without learning how a magic trick's done. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, yeah, you have to pull out. You have to you have to examine what's funny about things in a way that you don't do when you're just being funny. Yeah. Um, on the riff. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's and then you're like, how do I riff on purpose in the funny? Yeah, it's such a weird. Yeah. But it's like once you start doing it, it feels more natural. But the first like that first part of trying to transition to that is like and it's funny when I, i'll see new comics sometimes doing mm -hmm. it and i can see them and i'm like 
oh, they haven't realized yet that like this is too like it's like, yeah, it's like that weird way of talking that like like I see what's funny in here, but they haven't pulled out the funny yeah. part yet and made it like a joke, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I think that like our our um like our desire to make something funny and our ability to make something funny can be vastly different. Yeah. Um, but Some people can do that, though. There are a few yeah, comics that can just absolutely. get up there and talk. And I guess those are the people that I'm the most yeah, want, impressed by. want to be like. Yeah, because I yeah. do think that's when I'm the funniest. Are you, are you very rigid when you're on stage? Or are you just like, I have to remember these jokes in this order, otherwise it all falls apart? I mean, I think like how I started, I'm moving farther away Good. from it. But yeah, that's I think awesome. having anxiety, it's kind of like you have to start uptight and then... Yeah, I, I'm very much still that person yeah. where I'm just like, if as long as everything goes according to the way that I planned it in my head, it should be fine. If it doesn't, then I'm like, uh, what was I saying a second ago? And then it's... Well, exactly. And my friend who is more of a like a comic who just gets up there and tells stories mm -hmm. saw me do a set recently where like I he's like, I saw you and I could see where you thought you lost the crowd. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and then you were just different. And I was like, damn it, you saw it. He's like, I saw the moment. He's like, but you didn't lose him. You thought you lost him. <laughs> he's like, but you could have got him back. And I'm like, oh man. I'm, and then I'm like, cool, cool. Love being this vulnerable on stage. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that comes with like, I feel like it goes back to the authenticity thing. Is just like, I feel like people like you and I, like we're, because we are like vocally, um, you know, like vocally authentic, like Open, like yeah. our, our our faces are very much like tell a story of like how we're feeling. Totally. Yeah. So it's like I've I've definitely been on stage where I'm just like, I feel like I lost the audience and like you can see it on my face. And somebody actually told me um, they said like I I'd gotten off stage and I had like very like clearly like got defeated and kind of just gave up and walked off stage. And he was just like, don't ever give up on stage again. You know, mm -hmm. like if you want to if you want to give up, like once you're off the stage, if you want to give up before you're on the stage, yeah. but like while you're on the stage, like don't give up on stage yeah yeah and that was that really stuck with me because yeah. yeah it's it's like you're already up there you know like you might as well like just give it the best that you can for you know what it is and and try and enjoy the experience yeah totally talk about yeah authenticity yeah, all right definitely. what about me what yeah. am i gonna do for yeah <laughs> what am i gonna do for the rest of the year i don't know what are you gonna do Zane? let's see um i would say a car i want my oh, yeah. i want my the rest of my year to look like a car yeah no, I, I wanted to to look like I think it's the freedom that a car offers. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I think like being able to like just travel on your own accord to to go somewhere when you want to and to be able to leave somewhere when you want to. It's so much freedom. It's huge. Otherwise, you have to plan like two hours ahead of like, okay, mm -hmm. I need to like, oh, mm -hmm. I woke up late and uh, I guess I'm spending fifty dollars on a lift. God damn it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, and it really makes you realize how much a privilege it is to have a car yeah, when you don't yeah. have one for a little while. Oh my right? goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's I didn't realize what I was missing until I had it. And then I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Uh, now I have to walk. Um, but I think that's because we plan with our life with a car. You know what I mean? Like you when you have a car, you start making you're like, okay, well, I can go do this show because I have a car. Mm -hmm. And Zoe had to come save <laughs> me and Amanda and a bunch of other people who thought we had cars and then didn't mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Um. Yeah. Just that. I guess that that preparation. And then, and then my car broke down on the side of the freeway. That was fun. Yeah, but we made yeah, it through it, did. and that's <laughs> that is teamwork. Shout out to Amanda because she definitely was the one who was standing like uh, six inches from the line and like trying to get the gas in there. Me and they were like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, just like standing back, <laughs> just being like, tough chick, Amanda's, tough Amanda's chick. Definitely tougher than me. <laughs> yeah, and also shout outs to her. Yeah, uh, she's you, she's been kicking ass here recently. Uh, if you're not following Amanda Lynn Deal, uh, go 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 follow her. She's, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. She definitely is. <laughs> um, what about and a great friend and a great friend, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> but um, what about like what, what would you say the rest of your year um i said car what do you what do you think is would be Girl, the, i went that's what do you think <laughs> what do you think would be the thing that would make uh the rest of your year look the most different uh, well just like starting working i think because i'm still like um like slowly moving up to having like a full-time 
client load. And so mm. I'm everything's still really new to me and I'm like the newbie. So I'm just looking forward. I've been saying this a lot lately. I'm looking forward mm. to like a year from now when I'm like all the little things are more operationalized and I can just like see, learn about more about who I am as yeah. a therapist and not like nervous about pa- doing the paperwork wrong or doing the, you know, like all the little things that you worry about when you're new yeah. at a job. So I'm looking forward to being like more comfortable in that space and seeing who yeah. I am because I think it's going to bring out some cool parts of me, I think. Yeah, well, definitely. I think like when you're starting off a job, there's the nervousness of like, even if it's a job you don't like, you don't want to mess it up. So if it's mm-hmm. a job that you've been working to do for a really long time, that fear of messing it up, I feel like is so much greater. Um, so yeah, I, I can similarly say the same thing is because yeah, I just started this new job. Like I'm I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I, I don't want to mess it up. Um, and because I am anxious and nervous and don't want to mess it up, the tendency to come across anxious and nervous makes you mess it up. So I remember when I worked in a similar place that you're working at Zane and the first while was so uncomfortable. And then once you get that spot where you're at, where all the things that are different start to feel normal and you kind of know how to navigate the different aspects of like working in those communities and stuff, it starts to feel so good. It's like, so you just feel like you're getting to be part of something that other people are all missing out on knowing about and like just totally causes a lot of ignorance. So I think working with Yes. Houseless communities is like a really Yeah, it's a it's a huge opportunity. Amazing opportunity to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you learn a lot. So awesome. I'm looking forward to you being there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll both be there. Yeah, we're newbies now and then we're, we're newbies. Be like super cool. Yeah, yeah. And in a year, and- come come back, come check us back out in like a year. It's gonna be official. Yeah, yeah. Uh you might have to pay, who knows, subscription. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from nine to ten AM on Shady Pines Radio. And pretty dope experience radio. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Leif. It's Anna. And we have a show for you called The Outhouse that happens every Sunday, 7 to 8 Pacific Standard Time on Shady Vines Radio. It sure does. We got a lot of country music. We got a lot of shit talk. Lots of shit talk. So come on down. Treat it like it's your church. Every Sunday, we're here for you. Amen. See y'all there. And we are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. As well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane. And this is Zoe Schwartz with the shoulders. Also known as Shoulders McGee. Shoulders McGee. Um, so we just realized that we did. What are you excited for? Um, I mean, we didn't, but we the card kind well, of made us. Let's do what are you dreading? What are we dreading for? Yeah, why not? Oh, do we really want to talk about things we're dreading? Yeah. What are yeah. you dreading, Zane? Okay, what am I dreading? <laughs> you see, you already hate this one. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Touching your nose you is a, a new, sign of being extremely comfortable. Do you want to pick a new card or do you want All to talk right. about dreading? I, I don't I, have a problem talking about what I'm dreading okay, just d- because it's like it's something that I would say I always ask people what they're excited for, but I think because I want to learn about them, but I think what they're dreading also tells a similar story. Okay. Yeah. So, but we, we, you, okay, I want to hear like, what you're dreading. Okay. What am I dreading? I am dreading, um, I'm dreading not being able to communicate as effectively as I want to. Well, I can pretty much guarantee you that's not going to happen a single time over the next year. So you stop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. I guess I'm not dreading everything. Uh, Everybody, once you learn how to communicate properly, it's just perfect from here on out. Yeah. It's just, it's smooth sailing. I don't know why people don't learn how to do it. Just kidding. That's why we're, you can learn it here. That's Uh, why we're perfect at it, clearly. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) But yeah, I I would say that that would, that would be like, so with like communication, what's maybe like your, uh, dread with communicating improperly. Mm. Oh, I think maybe like navigating these new triggers that I have that are like new, you know, like they're new boundaries. I, mm-hmm. I was telling you in the car, I feel like I have this like new internal boundaries that I don't quite like know how to name yet, but they're from like old stuff. Like I was saying, like things you put up with 
that yeah, you before. Yeah, harmful systems that you take you would take on the shame mm-hmm. or the feelings. And now that you're you understand you didn't need to, it's like when that happens, there's like the part of you that's like about to like, you know, go inside and take that. And then the part of you is like, not again. I'm yeah. not doing that anymore. You know? Yeah. Do, do you ever feel like that? Where you're Absolutely. like this is like an old, angry part of me that is sick of being stepped well, on. Well, or- that's I I feel like I've very similarly kind of come into that is where it's like recently I've I've been really uncomfortable with, you know, the way that I've like I've had interactions with friends and like before I would get like scared, right? Like, and I feel like that's most people's inner like their their reaction to things. You either get angry or scared scared and mm-hmm. at least anger you feel like you're in control yeah you know so it's like my first reaction is to get scared and just be like to shrink up and just be like oh no like you know things are things are going bad but i i feel like i can relate with your you know getting to the point of like being scared at first and then just getting angry mm-hmm. and being assertive and it's not even angry it's just more being like assertive of like i didn't assert this before and now that i am asserting it maybe i'm not doing it um, you know, the, the, the way that I would have liked to have landed on, but like, I feel like I still needed to communicate. Well, and that's a good point actually, Zane, because I think like sometimes I beat myself up for the fact that it is really like intense sometimes, mm-hmm. but that intensity comes from repeatedly having your boundaries crossed or having yeah. somebody treating you in a disrespectful way. And mm-hmm. then when you realize that you've been internalizing that your whole life, it's legit to be angry, I think. Exactly. Exactly. And I think like even just holding space for that, that reaction and that's, you know, those, those really big feelings, what feel like big feelings to us, but are really just us reacting to something that we've not reacted to in the way that we wanted to in the past. Yeah. It's know? like, it's like we're standing up for ourselves now exactly. finally for all the times and it's like, yeah, it's we like didn't with and the energy of all the times that we didn't. Exactly. And yeah. I really like that you say that because I feel like oftentimes, like when I stand up to one person, I'm standing up to all the people mm-hmm. who I didn't stand up to. Yeah. And that person catches all of it. And I'm like, yeah. I, I am sorry. This is, this is, this is a conversation I should have had before, but like, I, I didn't know how to until this moment. And maybe mm-hmm. I didn't have it the most effectively that I did, uh, that I could have, but I, I, feel like saying it wrong once is the step to saying it right, you know, maybe the second time. Totally. Well, and remember how we were talking earlier about like relationships and give and take, I think Mm -hmm. like kind of plays into that idea that like if you're in a relationship with somebody that has a system or that affects them in a way that it doesn't affect you or that where you benefit from something where they are on the other end of it, Mm -hmm. like understanding how that plays into it is really important. And I think like really changes the dynamic of the conversation. And I think when you are in relationship with someone, you mm. can understand. Like when I was talking to you earlier about something that happened to me, it's like you could have been like, "Oh, you're talking about men." I'm a, I identify as a man, and you could have felt defensive. But instead, yes. you were like, you, "Because you've done some work on yes. learning about these things." When someone you care about is triggered by a system that you could feel like yes. persecuted by them, or feel like you're the person, you know, part of that harmful system, yeah. you can also know that like. The reason I share that with you is because you're somebody who, yeah, maybe that is the case, but I feel safe around you and I yes. know that you understand. And like, same thing, I would hope that like I could be that way. Or I'm obviously not always at all, but I try to be that way for my friends of color. Like yeah. I try to be the person who's done some work and can say, hey, like, actually, that's really fucked up and do emotional work when some yeah, of my friends exactly. don't also well, sometimes. It's, that's that's the, the give and take of like me doing the emotional labor of understanding that like the systems that you're upset with aren't, you know, they're systems I'm a part of, but they're systems that I'm not actively trying to be a part of. Yeah. And yeah, same thing with me, with my friends, like sometimes yeah. stuff will come up and I'll feel uncomfortable, but I'm like, this isn't about me individually. This is about a system that I'm part of by naturally just the way I, we were born and the place we live or whatever. Yeah. Well, and even just like we were saying, you know, like the listening part of it where it's just like, I, 
I need to sit and be uncomfortable with the way a system is being described. So that way this person can feel comfortable describing the system. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn a lot from other people when you and you hear about their experiences of systems that don't affect you in the same yes. way. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because you can't really learn about it unless you listen because mm-hmm. it isn't your experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What are you dreading? <laughs> Uh, I'm dreading you asking me these questions, Zane. No, I am dreading continuing to feel like a weirdo all the time, but just going to ride it out. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm dreading. That's a, hey, that's a good one. Yeah, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm dreading it, but I think I'm, ex- I'm dreading it and accepting it at the same time that I'm just a sensitive person and that things are challenging yeah. and that trying not to, uh, that's not dreading it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Dreading, you, accepting. We're too good at reframing to yeah, have a I'm totally bad. Yeah. What are you dreading? But it's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> say it one more time. Just tying the, my shoes. I hate tying my shoes. I wish I had Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old enough to have Velcro shoes or young enough to have Velcro shoes. I'm in the park with laces and it sucks. <laughs> my bike has training wheels on it. I'm just going to admit it. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I don't have a bike. I don't have a bike. <laughs> <laughs> you made it too serious and now I'm getting weird Zane. No, no, you're fine. But you that's what you're talking about. You're saying that you you wanted to you wanted to to accept kind of like just being weird and being goofy and yeah. just like Yeah, like not doubling down. But I don't that's not that's not dreading. I'm dreading accepting the fact that I am an uncomfortable person <laughs> that I'm probably I'm probably the, like we were saying the last time I think like the beginning of things is always challenging and I think like maybe instead of fighting like the way we are maybe being like, "You know what? I know this is always kind of hard for me, so I'm going to go into this knowing like this little chunk might be rough, right? Instead of being like, I want to be this person that's like cool, calm, and collected when yeah. I do new things. And like, I'm going to become that person. It's like maybe just accepting things you don't like about yourself yeah. makes them easier to navigate. So in that way, I'm dreading that, but also going to hopefully not dread it yeah. as much. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, like the the starting place with like having problems is like knowing like yes you know you have a problem but now you also know that like you can start actively looking for solutions yeah you know like 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 dreading something is like the first step to like trying to heal that that ailment true yeah and not doubling i think that's a big one like not doubling down on myself about the things that are hard and just being like yeah these things are hard for me i feel bad about feeling bad god i suck well it really does make it harder when you do that it 100 percent does it 100 percent does i think that you know Feeling bad initially is is important because it allows for growth, but feeling bad about feeling is the thing that makes it now you're just now that now you're dwelling is mm-hmm. is it's it's not you're not feeling the initial thing that you should have felt and now you're just you're living yeah. too much in a in a feeling. So Yeah. Have you heard that people say like everybody most people are doing like everybody's doing the best they can at any given time mm-hmm. or whatever? It's very cliche, but I think sometimes yeah. when you're trying to be patient with yourself, it's a good thing to remember. Like yeah, maybe that it was something I didn't like that I did, but I that was the best I could do at that moment, you know. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm going to try to have more skills next time or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Just uh, sort of like along with authenticity comes acceptance, I think. Mm. That's what I'm Talk thinking. about it. Talk about it. <laughs> well, I think like because like we were saying, because when you're authentic, sometimes weird stuff comes out. Sometimes you don't like everything you say, but I think uh, you can learn to like sit with things that are uncomfortable more that way and just accept instead of reacting to everything. Yeah, yeah. Or making a story about who you are because you didn't like what you said or did or the way the relationship went or anything like that. Definitely. Well, I mean, just like accepting things as they are, um, like like you like you had even said about the story. It's like like trying to to understand your story or even vocalize your story. It can be like this different thing, difficult thing. But if you just accept that what happened what is what happened, then there doesn't have to be a how do I 
you know, how do I describe this? You know, it's just like this thing happens. These are the parts that I know. These are the parts I don't know. And like, I'm moving forward from there. Like, I don't, I don't have to understand everything about this. You don't have to understand everything about this. Like authenticity to a certain extent is important, but like there is a, a point of trauma dumping, you know, there is a a point of, yeah, there's this. And that's where it's like, well, I'm just being authentic. It's like, well, I have to have space for your authenticity. Otherwise I'm just doing the emotional labor. Uh-huh. I think we did it. We tied everything back. <laughs> it's making me think about... What are you excited for? No. Uh, <laughs> it's making me think about... There's like a type of therapy. I want to learn more about it. I don't know time, but it's called like acceptance and commitment therapy, I think, okay. or something like that. Okay. And I think it has to do with like mindfulness and like being, you know, accepting emotions and be like being present with things, but then also like not dwelling on them, like giving a space and time, like, oh, there's that thing I'm doing again, kind of like, and, yeah. then, and then being like, okay, it's here, but not like making it the focus like yeah or like making like now i gotta focus on this thing i'm not good at or this mistake i made it's kind of like oh i made a mistake i don't feel great about it okay well i'm just gonna try to move forward you know exactly kind of how i think about it it's like being mindful but also not staying stuck yeah and i don't know if i'm 100 percent right that's what it is but i think that's what it's i want to learn more and i had a therapist at one point that talked about it and i think it's really good for people like us that are like very thoughtful and like one, you know, we know it's healthy to be present with our feelings, but yeah. we also know if we stay present with things that are uncomfortable or things that are negative for too long, it can yeah. color things. Then it becomes my way. fucking future. Yeah. Then it becomes my past and my present. Yeah. So I think that's like the balance between accepting or the balance between being authentic and then also being able to move on from things and not like making them this like big thing. That yeah. Not living to, in it. Yeah. And not like defining. So we, would you say that you live more in the past or the present? Um, past to the present, past to the probably the past. Sorry, I meant to say past to the future. No. I did it again. God damn it! I was like, I don't know. I only get those two. Nobody options. lives in the present. Let's. We know nobody lives in the present. That's why there's so many books on it. Yeah, I would say I probably am one of those people that I do both. That's why I have anxiety and depression. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Dual diagnosis. No, that's not what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I mean, I think maybe I don't it's, know. it's addiction and I, mental illness. I, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a therapist. So, so. oh my shit. <laughs> So, don't ask me important questions which, one, right which one would you say more so would you say um, future or past probably future because i probably am like more anxious than anything uh okay. and i and i yeah overthink about things and that's usually just like future. so do you think it's like coming from like a planning perspective of like what if things don't go according to plan yeah exactly or just like yeah like how am i gonna because i have anxiety i think knowing being prepared for what might go wrong sometimes is helpful other times it's just worrying yeah yeah anxiety yeah (laughs) Yeah. well and that's that's almost the the hardest part with anxiety is that like you can spend a bunch of time worrying about something Mm -hmm. and then when you find out that it's not the thing then you just realize you spent all of your time worrying about something and it's like man i could have literally been using my brain for anything else other than worrying about something well that's why i always try to remind myself like when i'm worried about something that's and like if something similar has happened before Mm -hmm. i try to remind myself like yeah remember that other time when that thing happened that you thought was never going to happen or that yeah so that's one I think yeah I think you had actually suggested that to me when I was not feeling well is just like basically like disproving the the negative thoughts you know I feel like so often we try to prove prove right our negative thoughts where we're just like no this is happening and these are the things that explain why it's happening it's like try doing that same amount of energy with the opposite and it's like think about a time that you know you thought everything was going to go poorly and it didn't Mm -hmm. you know it's like that's I never thought about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I try to remind my because I and you notice those things too because when you're sad or depressed and then you start to feel good again, it's usually pretty significant. You're like, oh, this is what it feels like to feel hopeful again or mm-hmm. whatever. So I always try to like, like snapshot those moments where you can see the big difference between like when you're thinking negatively and when you're able to think positively and how different it feels. Yes, like remembering that there's such a difference. 
yeah. helps me like not stay stuck when I feel crappy, I think. Yeah. No, I, I think that, you know, the, the the biggest problem that I have with like feeling good is that like I'm just worried about when I'm going to feel bad, you know? When, when the I, other shoe's going to drop. Yeah. Yep, and when I feel bad, I'm just feeling bad. So it's like I'm not really I've enjoying either. But I think that, you know, yeah, like what you were saying. Yeah. about. Yeah, well, that's why being in the moment, yeah, it's hard, but that's why they say it's like the most important thing you can do is try to be mindful. Well, we're going to tell you how to be mindful next week. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but we did tell you some pretty sweet stuff on this episode, don't you think? Yeah. Think dreads, wishes. Yeah, I, I, I almost touched my hair when you said that. All right. Well, this has been The Smoke Break. Uh, we're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I've been your host, your old pal Zane here with Zoe Schwartz. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Play to play us. <laughs>